Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at MiamiDade.gov slash PlasticFree305. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 192 of Rams up here. We're going to get through some Rams news and notes. The big focus of this episode is going to be roster battles. I'm going to run down the list of the 10 roster battles to watch with our Los Angeles Rams. A lot more than we've had in recent years for these Rams, that's for sure. Battles for roster spots, battles for starting positions all over the field, almost every position group. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get through some Rams news and notes. The Rams signed Tyler Johnson. He was just waived recently by the Raiders, originally drafted in 2020 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the fifth round. He was a big-time receiver at the University of Minnesota You could argue their best receiver ever finished with 3,305 yards receiving, 33 touchdowns there for the Golden Gophers. 
hasn't translated too well in the NFL. Not a burner, not a lot of speed, but super physical. Known for winning contested balls, using his body, using his strength. His playing style, receiving style, was compared to A.J. Brown coming out in the draft. Not nearly as big as A.J. Brown, but that style of receiver. I'm wondering if the Rams just needed that type of player in camp to work on these smaller cornerbacks, guys like Hodges Tomlinson. Size-wise, Johnson fits the Rams' profile. Five of their receivers, very similar in size now. Van Jefferson and Tyler Johnson, both 6'1". Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, both 6'2". Lance McCutcheon, 6'3". And the weights for these guys, Cup, 208. Jefferson, 200. Nakua and Johnson, both 205. And McCutcheon, 202. And then you got the little guys, Austin Trammell and Tutu Atwell. Rams certainly have a receiving, Rams certainly have a profile they prefer when it comes to wide receiver, so it seems anyways. Is there an outlier? Yes, there is. Ben Skalronik, 6'3", 224. Ram ruminations. What are other people saying about the Rams? Adam Shine of NFL.com is buying stock in Cam Akers. He pointed out that Akers racked up 611 total yards and six touchdowns in his final six weeks last season, 100 yards rushing or more in three straight outings to close out the year, and Cam is only 24 years old on opening day, so Cam Akers is one of Adam Shine's sneaky good players coming up in 2023. You know, if there's a Mount Rushmore of Ram haters, well, we know who they all are. Colin Coward might be on the Mount Rushmore of Ram boosters. He really likes Sean McVay, and he loves the way the Rams do business. And he's predicting three teams from the NFC West will make the playoffs, including the Rams. Says the Cowboys losing Kellen Moore is a big deal. That's really going to hurt their offensive production. And Coward's just asking the question, where are the wildcard teams coming from in the NFC? And I'm going to talk about that Coming up in another episode, going to get into that real deep. My focus is going to be the NFC quarterbacks, but Coward's just asking the question, who are the wildcard teams? Hey, you love the Eagles? You probably love the Seahawks and 49ers? Lions going to win that division? Who else is there? So Coward's got a point. I know a lot of people are writing off the Rams, but there's playoff spots up for grabs in the NFC. Not so much in the AFC, but in the NFC, there's going to be some pretty good teams, not great teams, just some pretty good teams that make the playoffs. And if you're looking for a well-thought-out article on the NFC West race, check out the piece by CBS writer Garrett Podell. I think I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Really nice to see a writer who takes the time to do the analysis fair analysis, and present things in an orderly and logical fashion. And I think he nails it, saying that the Niners, Seahawks, and the Rams are all positioned for potential playoff runs. Very refreshing, especially after reading some of these other pieces, these other opinions, where these guys just go off immediately. The Rams are horrible. The Rams are going to be atrocious. Podell's article really nails it. Highly recommend it. 
Last week, I mentioned Bill Barnwell of ESPN ranked the Rams offseason 31st out of 32 teams. Pro Football Focus feels a little bit better about how the Rams did. They didn't rank them, but they gave the Rams a B. And a commenter on that page that I saw this on noted that the Rams may have had the most balanced 14-player draft in the history of the NFL. I believe this was on their Los Angeles Rams subreddit. Good discussion there about pro football focus and their grades. Now, Mark Sessler of NFL.com, he was calling out what every team needs to do over the rest of this offseason, and he thinks the Rams should keep an open mind about moving Matthew Stafford. That's their biggest remaining offseason priority. I don't know. That's not really where I would go with this. I'd see maybe find another cornerback to help that unit out, maybe add an inside linebacker. Sessler pretty much given up on the Rams, I guess, their offseason priority. Hey, let's not forget, we can always trade Matthew Stafford if things go south. I don't know. Didn't get much value out of that take. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Kurt Warner stepping up for Tory Holt, saying he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yes, Kurt, I agree. Over his career, 13,382 yards and 74 touchdowns. Made seven Pro Bowls, eight straight seasons with over 1,000 yards, and helped the Rams win a Super Bowl as a rookie and still waiting for that call from the Hall of Fame. Torrey Holt, man, I hope it's next year. One of my favorite players all time. Such a great guy and so overlooked and underrated. Now, Devontae Adams listed his top receivers. I went down that list last episode. It's just a fun thing these guys do, whatever. Can't take it too seriously. Devontae's probably not happy with pro football focuses, wide receiver rankings. They had Cooper Cup at number six. Devontae Adams made no mention of Cooper Cup in his top seven. He did mention Calvin Ridley, who pro football focus rated as number 28. So big delta between Devontae Adams and pro football focus when it comes to Cup and Calvin Ridley anyways. Now we're going to get into my top 10 position battles, the battles within Rams roster groups. It's going to be a little bit of fun here. And I have another sports pet peeve, courtesy of Major League Baseball. That'll be at the very end here. Seems like a perfect time to identify the position battles, the roster battles that are of most interest to us Ram fans, and that's what I'm going to do here. My original intent was to do my fearsome four biggest roster battles and couldn't do it. I couldn't limit it to four. I have 10 of them here for you, but why not? Let's talk about the top 10 position battles, the roster battles that are going to happen with these Rams not in any particular order. Roster battle number one, the wide receiver number three spot. Cup is one, Jefferson's two. Pretty confident about that. 
Next up, Tutu Atwell, Ben Skowronik, and then Nakua, the rookie. No, I'm not mentioning Lawrence McCutcheon here. Now, I have a feeling all three of these guys are going to get snaps, but who's going to be the true number three? The rookie, Ben Skowronik, or Tutu Atwell? My guess is early in the year it will be Atwell, and in certain situations, Skowronik. But by the end of the year, watch out for that rookie. Roster battle number two, right guard. Now, Noteboom and Lyric Jackson apparently battling for the left tackle spot. I really think the rookie Avila is going to nail down the left guard spot. Brian Allen, I think, is going to be penciled in at center. And then Havenstein locked in at right tackle. That leaves right guard Coleman Shelton and Logan Bruss. Now, there's a chance... Shelton could beat out Allen for the starting center spot. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I know a lot of Ram fans would like that to happen, but I'm penciling in Brian Allen as a starting center because that gives the Rams a lot more flexibility, and then you have Shelton and Bruss fighting it out for that last starting job. Not to write off guys like Tremaine Ankrum or even the rookie Warren McClendon, but right now that appears to be how it's shaken down. Bruss versus Shelton for right guard. Roster battle number three. How about the safety group? Jordan Fuller is going to be a starter, right? He'll be one of the starters. Next up, is it Russ Yeast or Quentin Lake or maybe even the rookie Taylor or two of these undrafted free agents? Rashad Torrance or Quindell Johnson? Could be, but I think it's going to be between Yeast and Lake battling it out for playing time as the number two safety I suspect Yeast will be ahead of Lake on the depth chart to start things off, but Quentin Lake was drafted before Yeast, if that means anything. Just got held back because of that injury. That's going to be a dogfight, I think, for that safety spot. Roster battle number four, pretty obvious, the edge rushing group. Who are the top two guys right now? Michael Hoyt and Daniel Hardy? Your guess is as good as mine. I think one of them's Hoyt. Next up, Daniel Hardy, I suppose, but... You know Byron Young's going to come on strong and Nick Hampton. Don't forget about Keir Thomas coming back. O'Shawn Mathis. That's going to be a dogfight between all those guys. I'm not even convinced Hoyt will be the number one edge rusher. Too early to say, but I think all six of these guys have a shot at being one of the top two edge rushers. The guy that's probably my last choice at this point, Keir Thomas, but... We'll have to see. This is going to be one to keep a close eye on. Ram fans, we got to be hoping Byron Young is one of those top two, given where they drafted him at. Roster battle number five, cornerback. Again, I think we have our number one starter, Kobe Durant. After that, Darion Kendrick, Robert Rochelle, Hodges Tomlinson, Sean Jolly, Vincent Gray, the guy they just picked up. That's another group that... I'm not overly impressed with it at this point, but the Rams seem to be happy with it, waiting till the sixth round to draft a cornerback. But after Durant, man, two spots up for grabs, a number two corner and the number three corner. Roster battle number six at tight end. Let's deduce for a moment that Tyler Higby is on this roster on opening day. He is the number one tight end. Who is the number two tight end? Bryson Hopkins, I would assume. But I think Davis Allen and Hunter Long are both coming for that job. And if 
Higby is released, then it's just a battle for number one and number two. Roster battle number seven, the running back pecking order. Obviously, Cam Akers is the starter. Who's number two? Kyron Williams, I guess, right now. But you think Zach Evans is going to be gunning for that. And my guess is Evans will be the number two back with Kyron Williams playing more of a specialty role. But it's going to be a fight for that number two spot between those two. And don't write off Ronnie Rivers or the undrafted rookie Tyon Evans. Roster battle number eight. Who's our second inside linebacker? After Ernest Jones, Jake Hummel, Christian Roseboom. There's three undrafted rookies that have a shot. Anya Labechi, Smenda, and Square. From the podcast pronunciation perspective, I'll be rooting for Square. But after Ernest Jones, I think all five of these guys will be squaring up for that number two inside linebacker spot. And the pecking order after that, going to carry at least three, right? Roster battle number nine, QB2. Now, we're all assuming it's Stetson Bennett, but then there's Brett Ripien. I think early in the season, the second quarterback in would be Ripien, but eventually it's got to be Stetson Bennett. And roster battle number 10, left tackle. I think it's really down to Alaric Jackson and Joseph Noteboom. Note boom, coming back from the injury, if he's healthy, I think he would start out as number one on the depth chart. But Lyric Jackson, if we're going to go by his Twitter feed, he's gunning for Joseph Noteboom's job. That's my top 10 roster battles. Really covered almost every position group. So, But I think all of them are valid roster battles that are going to happen with this team. Pretty strange for an NFL team to have that many roster battles. I mean, typically for the Rams last few years, maybe two or three, but I think all 10 of these are yet to be decided. Going to be a lot of fun, going to make preseason really interesting. You know, in years past, you could tell who was making the team for sure by the guys that didn't play. Those are the guys that are on this team for sure, on the 53-man roster. This year, the Rams can't afford to do that except for maybe a handful of guys. There's going to be a bunch of guys getting rotated in, getting playing time, so the Rams can figure out who is on that 53-man roster. And even these youngsters that are going to be on the roster, the Byron Youngs, the Steve Avilas, the Nick Hamptons, yeah, they're going to be on the roster for sure, but you know what? They're going to be playing a lot too. from Rams Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I mentioned last week that I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to my sports pet peeves segments. Really having difficulty finding new ones. And then Major League Baseball handed one on a platter to me. Let me ask you this. Who's the best team in baseball right now? Tampa Bay Devil Rays, right? Probably without question. Who are the World Series favorites in the National League? Probably go with the Braves and the Dodgers. Bet you Dodgers are at the top of that list right now. They played each other the Sunday morning before Memorial Day. Two of the top franchises in baseball, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, Los Angeles Dodgers, morning game. And you know, before I go any further, let me say, as I've stated many times before, I think 
Baseball needs to figure out a way to attract younger fans. They need to get their product out there in front of people. They need to market better. And they need to be smarter about getting games on national television. The Dodgers and the Devil Rays, perhaps the two best teams in baseball, on a Sunday morning before Memorial Day, no NFL competition, no NBA games that morning. You want to watch that game? Good luck. Even in Southern California, I called my sister who lives in Los Angeles. She's listening to it on the radio. It's only on Peacock. Same here for me. Had no luck finding that game anywhere. Searching all over TV. Finally figured out, yes, indeed. If you don't have Peacock, you can't see the Dodgers and the Devil Rays on a Sunday morning. And you know what happened in that game? 11 to 10. Tampa Bay holds on for the win. Crazy game. Really entertaining, at least from the box score I read. Probably be a lot more exciting if I could have actually watched it. But hey, nobody in Los Angeles was watching it unless you have Peacock. Crazy. For myself, I had to settle for women's college lacrosse. Nothing against women's lacrosse. Actually pretty entertaining but I'd rather watch my Dodgers. Really sad for Major League Baseball. They're missing the boat on this. Got to figure out a better way of getting premium games in front of fans, as many fans as they can, a holiday weekend, a Sunday morning, and the Devil Rays and Dodgers are basically blacked out in Los Angeles and probably everywhere else. I'm not even sure. Major League Baseball, figure it out. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, get the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan and Crimson Fly by Hamama. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.